It is Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Poll List. My name is Lex and I'm here with my co-host Simon. Simon, what's up? Hey, man. It's like I haven't seen you in a while. It's good to hear from you again. Yeah. <laughs> as usual. <laughs> On this podcast, we are known for reviewing a trade. Some people call it a trade review. Every once in a while. <laughs> I hear it's becoming more popular to call uh, it a trade yeah. review. Some people, some people are, are are starting to call it that themselves. So I'm glad it's catching yeah. on. Yeah. Warren Buffett, trade review. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Donner guy that just passed away, he loved to call it a, a trade review. <laughs> RIP. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday when it drops... It's my birthday, so leave us a review. That's all I want for my birthday is to leave us a review wherever you listen to this and uh, send me money also. And um, dick pics. Blood Lots sac- of dick pics. Blood sacrifice. Bloody dicks. Yeah, that's what I want for my birthday, so happy birthday, me. In the future, I'm old as shit. Well, you're still not as old as me, dog. I'm not. Tommy will forever be older than me. Unless he dies, then I will eventually pass him. I don't know. Yeah, my <laughs> bones will age, but the rest yeah. of me will not. Unless I grind them up. I'm murdering you in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grind them <laughs> And snort them. Yeah, unless I grind them and eat them, and then you will just be the same age as me. Whatever wow. age I am. Yeah, weird. Yeah, that's my plan. So, happy birthday, me. Thanks. This week on the podcast, we were reviewing a book called Superman Smashes the Clan. When I told Simon that we were reading that this week, his response was, oh, wow. <laughs> oh. It's sort of a, a intense title, mm-hmm. but the book is not very intense for the subject matter. No, not, so, no. But and, I mean, it's definitely not like glossed over, but it's not like inglorious bastards with superman <laughs> I, I would rather have read that honestly <laughs> not that this was bad but i'm just saying that would have been a cooler that does sound pretty cool i'm not gonna lie yeah, but it would be a short movie <laughs> yeah just punching people's heads off <laughs> superman just flying through like omni man in that one one episode <laughs> god yeah just ripping through germany okay the year is 1946 and the lee family has moved from metropolis chinatown Metropolis is huge at this point in, in 1946, the cent- to the center of the bustling city. While Dr. Lee is greeted warmly in his new position at the Metropolis Health Department, his two kids, Roberta and Tommy, are more excited about being closer to the famous hero, Superman. Inspired by the 1940s Superman radio serial, Clan of the Fiery Cross, and drawn by, not even going to try it, Gene Luen Yang, who did American Born Chinese, Boxers and Saints, The Terrifics, which is my favorite DC book of all time, and <laughs> New Superman. Brings his brings us his personal retelling of the adventures of the Lee family as they teamed up with Superman to smash the clan. So what we all need. Let's see. So I, I do think it's interesting, and we'll get into that later, that they were in the center of the city, which it looked just like a suburb, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how big is Metropolis? That's why I said, how big is Metropolis? If they have a Chinatown and the suburbs and... It's like one block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So weird. And especially this is like the 40s, so it shouldn't be as big as it is in modern time. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It is cool that they based this off of that old. Um, it was a pretty big deal that they the radio show back then released this episode where Superman takes on the Klan because the Ku Klux Klan back then in the forties was such a like big deal. Obviously, they were really terrible, terrible people that still exist in the world, mm-hmm. but they were just out of control and that in this point in time and. Um, it was interesting to just realize that not all white people were those people. And I feel like that might be a common misconception, especially back then. And for Superman to take on these guys and sort of bring the Ku Klux Klan, which is weird that it did bring it to the forefront and like, oh, hey, these guys are bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, to me, it's a big deal, especially in like just comic book history. It's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. And, you know, it is kind of interesting to turn that on its head because there was so much language of, they're one of the good ones or, you know, whatever of mm-hmm. the opposite. Like you say that about uh, any other ethnicity, but then you, to flip it on its head and say, okay, not all white people are bad. This is one of the good yeah. ones. You know what I mean? Um, it's weird. It's definitely strange, mm-hmm. but it's real life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really is. Um, it has a lot of congruency with modern times for sure. Yeah. This book was weirdly, um, I don't know. I, I, I we'll talk about it. Let's talk about issue number one. All right. It's, and again, before we start, it's broken up into three issues. And we talked about this before we recorded. I was like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. 30 minute episode of the podcast. First one in history because it's only three issues. And then I cracked this bad boy open. I got it on Hoopla and it said 250 pages. Each issue is 70 pages. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what? So, and I'll preface, so I'm, I'll go into issue one in a second. I'll, what I'll, I'll preface that I loved that this was in the past, that this is classic oh, Superman in the forties, like still the black background to the ass mm-hmm. doesn't know how to fly. You know, I got uh, about halfway through issue number one and I was just smiling. I was just like, yes, Superman works as a, and again, we'll talk about more of this later on, but yes, Superman works in modern times. Yes, he's a good superhero, and yes, he still works, but I love that classic version of Superman. Mm -hmm. Faster than a speeding bullet, stronger than a locomotive, can leap tall buildings in a single bound. Like, I love that, and I love the world. Like, talk about the reporter aspect of Superman means more then to me than it does now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just, I just completely need more stories of old Superman. Right. Yeah. The whole, the whole modern day journalism aspect doesn't really, uh, to me, doesn't play. No. But I do that. Yeah. This whole world is built up really well. So, uh, let me start with issue one. The year is 1946, and the Lee family has moved from Metropolis's Chinatown to the center of the bustling city. While Dr. Lee is greeted warmly in his new position at the Metropolis Health Department, his two kids, Roberta and Tommy, are more excited about being closer to their famous hero, Superman. While Tommy adjusts to the fast pace of the city, Roberta feels out of place as she tries and fails to fit in with the neighborhood kids. As the Lees try to adjust their new lives, an evil is stirring in Metropolis, the Ku Klux Klan. When the Lee family awakens one night to find a burning cross on their lawn, they consider leaving town. But the Daily Planet offers a reward for information on the KKK. And their top two reporters, Lois Lane and Clark Kent, dig into the story. When Tommy is kidnapped by the KKK, Superman leaps into action with help from Roberta. 
but Superman is still new to his powers. He hasn't even worked out how to fly yet, so he has to run across town. Will Superman and Roberta t- reach Tommy in time? I will say that I didn't realize that I did that beginning part already. That's all right. Repetition right. is good. People need repetition. And we did talk about last episode being extremely long, but the purpose of cutting the episode was to cut down on time. So we're not going to go play by play, but I want to talk about, I want to ask you what your favorite things of this is, issue number one are, is, are, and I understand that it was an extremely long issue, yeah. like three issues pretty much in one. Right. So it is difficult. Even, even as I was reading that synopsis, I was like, Oh, that, that did happen in that issue. Like yeah. all that happened in that issue. Yeah. I'm pulling that um, up just, for a reference sake. Yeah. Um, so first of all, some of my favorite, I guess I really liked how the beginning, uh, I like how it started. I like this kind of the first time you see Superman and anything, it's like this kind of Iron Man esque Nazi villain, mm-hmm. uh, right at the beginning is trying to bust down a dam. And it's funny because, Superman, everybody knows Superman and they already kind of rely on him to be the stop for these moments, for these crises. But, you know, the villains haven't learned yet. Mm -hmm. They still are confident enough to try this. Yeah, Um, and everybody doesn't see Superman or even know Superman like we the reader do. And even Superman himself, which I really like throughout this book, doesn't know what he's capable of. mm Mm-hmm. And so he's like, that's why you say like, this guy is a super powered villain. He's powered by the green stone, quote unquote. He's like Iron Man. Of course, he thinks he can beat the shit out of Superman because they don't know that Superman can, he can even fly. Yeah. Uh, I did appreciate that too. And again, I'll I'll preface most of our, most of this review by saying this is a book geared towards young adults. It's very, um, the art styles, what you would imagine a young adult book looks like. It's very colorful. No real hard details or anything like that very not cal arts but sort of along the lines of that i I would say almost anime-esque yeah which so one criticism i have which i know normally we kind of suss this out at the end but i'll just talk about it now is it was a little bit too like too much like pokemon superman to me i didn't Mm -hmm. really like that take um i know where you, you know i agree with you that this is a ya book and that it probably would appeal more there Mm -hmm. but i don't know i could i some of the art style i don't mind but some of it i just couldn't get behind it i don't know how to describe it it was hard kind of to take it seriously in some moments it's definitely hard to take it seriously and i and we'll talk we'll talk about this at the end i'll talk about my my points on that and i will say that getting to know the lee family and so if you if people out there don't know i am have Japanese, Japanese, black. I got it all. I'm mixed all the way around. And so a lot of the stuff is relatable just from just talking to my grandmother about the past and the coming to America and things like that. And watching one side, like their family's trying to hold on to their customs. And the dad's like, no, we have to speak English, speak English, speak English. He's always telling his wife that. Mm-hmm. And it's just relatable, weirdly relatable. I'm not from the fucking 40s. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's just weirdly relatable just knowing being close to my grandmother and having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did a really good job of like incorporating that family into this cookie cutter, leave it to beaver sandlot world. Yeah. Um, even though this is a YA book, 
it doesn't really shy away from the the racism that would have happened in the in the 40s yeah it, one thing i do appreciate about these writers is obviously because they're not white writers trying to represent an asian family mm-hmm. this isn't written to have these stereotypes that you would normally see um you know the mom they're are they're chinese right chinese chinese yep yeah so the mom uh speaking cantonese or whatever she might be speaking is uh you know besides that but that's so normal like you mm-hmm. said like that i feel like that's so normal when you go into a household with speakers that have a uh they have their primary language and then english as their second language mm-hmm. they usually will slip into their primary language because they're home they're comfortable yeah. um and i appreciated that about this it was not like i don't know they they the only way that I feel like, you know, that they're Chinese is that the mother speaks, uh, you know, whatever Cantonese or whatever. And then the, you know, a little bit about how they're drawn, but they look so much like the other characters. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. And I agree with you with your, um, sort of critique of the art. I do try to think about it through the entire, and I had to make a conscious decision throughout the entire thing to realize like, this is a, a YA book. This is a YA book. Um, so like kids or young adults may not pick up on those things, but yeah, very subtle differences in the characters. Um, but they could have, I don't know. It was there, only certain dialogue made the distinction between the two of them. Yeah. I guess the only thing you really see between uh, the Chinese family and any other, of the white family is that they, the irises show up, they draw the irises on all the rest of these people. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Chinese family, they just have like a black, large pupil, which I thought was, you know, one other thing, one other thing I will notice is like Superman is hallucinating in this, uh, because of the effects from his first experience with kryptonite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, thought that but... was cool. Again, I like, I like old Superman. That's one thing that I think I was so enamored with that that I just, I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of stuff in this first issue. Yeah. And so there I did. And in fact, up until just now, I was very confused of why, why Superman was visualizing these like very alien parts. Yeah. Uh, Even his parents, he was, it was like a subconscious thing. Mm -hmm. I know we're going to get into that later, but yeah. Um, like his hand, he sees like a, instead of his regular hand, once he, when he's exposed to this kryptonite, which the Nazi scientists used to power himself, um, he sees his hand as like this three fingered turtle hand, like Ninja yeah, Turtle Yeah, that hand. threw me off at first. At first I thought it was like an illustration error. Yeah. But then but I then, realized he's hallucinating. Yeah. And he's like panicking. No one else can see it. He's like, hey, you know, the detective didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. And as you know, we start to see hints at why he's hallucinating. We'll talk about that in the next issue. And I don't want to go panel by panel, but there is one thing that I want to point out because it relates. I find it relatable is these. It's not just the the Ku Klux Klan in Metropolis don't just have a problem with this one Chinese family happening, which I'm a, I appreciate that. I appreciate mm. that they're noticing all these other things like. In the earlier dialogue, he says, first they take over the, you know, the police department. Then they're going to the health. What's, you know, what's next? The dialogue to me, even though it's YA, is really, really good. Yeah. And some of the snide remarks um, 
from these other people. You see that general racism that a lot of people don't realize they're doing, even yeah. though it is directed in these sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, some guys have all the luck to be put into the the chief bacteriologist of the metropolis yeah. health department like must be nice you know was, and the, when i realized that they weren't going to shy away from the racism was in that same conversation he, she was like she says in broken english like the pie smells good or she says has good smell or something like that and he's like ha ha has good smell that's funny uh i'm sorry it's apple and it's not dog that you're smelling. yeah i was, I was just like, like fuck whoa. you dude yeah, yeah. i was like whoa <laughs> that what? really I got pissed off at that. And you can tell like the mom probably doesn't really understand what he's saying. And in my head, I'm like, racism is, is around still. I would never, never downplay or water down the current environment of racism. But this is like that unfiltered 1940s. Like people can say whatever they want. Now people have to kind of have to do like passive aggressive racism unless you're really bold. But back then you could just say whatever the fuck you wanted to. Yeah, and white it's just people like, did, did not care. It's just hard to. Sometimes it's hard to read. Yeah, uh, and even though this is a YA book, I'm glad that they didn't shy away from it. You know, they they do all the. You know, there's this. Uh, Roberta is trying. I don't even know if it's in this issue, but she's trying to connect with the other girls, and her brother seems to be popular because he's willing to sort of make you know jokes about being Chinese and things like yeah. that. <clears throat> but one of the girls is like. Um, I can't, I can't remember what she says. I never met a Chinese. Are you Chinese or Japanese? Which I've, you know, just being out with my mother and being out with my grandmother, I've gotten that conversation, you know, mm-hmm. even though they're different. It's, it's, it was just relatable to see that. Another thing that I think about it was relatable in this issue is that we talked, we talked about in the synopsis that the KKK come to the house and do the burning cross. Well, these three black guys are just hanging out. And they drive past the house. They're like, "Shit, man, this is this is intense." Like, think of think about it, man. If you saw a burning cross in someone's yeah. front yard, like that would be insane. Well, and this is something. And that apparently, they, well, ahead. they know about it. They know what it is. Obviously, they're like probably yeah. surprised that it's not on their fucking. Life, you know. Well, and they're saying like in Metropolis, this is happening. Apparently, the Metropolis yeah. is supposed to be like this epicenter of. Uh, sort of you know being open for all people and yeah, make references to it later on about like yeah some white people hate it but it's supposed to be like this leading progressive place and they stop to help they put out the fire and all these things. this is after the kkk leaves mm-hmm. um but immediately the dad is like hey get get out of here <laughs> like you guys are you are making it worse yeah and this whole Asian and black relationship is something that I think is relatable because I have family members in Japan that we don't talk to. It's just like a weird dynamic of like different ethnicities don't realize that like, oh, the same thing that's happening to you is happening to me. But like, I don't know. It's, it's just it's, a, it's such a weird dynamic. And I'm glad they played. They talked about it in this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just white against everybody, you know? Yeah. Other racism obviously exists in other races against yeah. different races that Each also other. experience that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And the black police officer, the guy that's a police officer is like, listen, man, like you're not us until you're like, you're basically us right now. <laughs> like the bird crosses in your yard, not mine. Like they don't really like, and they're talking to each other. Like they don't realize they're us until they're us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're all, they hate us. 
Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. If you're not white, they hate you. So it doesn't matter. Like we could be mad at each other, but and they just leave. And I thought that was really, really good. Really good. Tommy gets kidnapped and I don't know. I just think we get great Superman moments. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciate. We get the the phone booth. Change it in the phone booth. I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Um, and you kind of start to see, so like we were talking about, that's happened in this issue. Um, he kind of reminisces on this earlier time when he felt uh, prejudiced against because yeah. he got upset uh, because these bullies were uh, attacking his friend and he shoots lasers out of his eyes for the first time and flies a little bit like out of anger. Um, uh-huh. And then see, and then he sees one of the comic books that his friend would read. He said his friend always read like horror and, and stuff Aliens like that. and stuff and made him uncomfortable. Yeah, and the and the alien that he's visualizing his parents and himself as was on the cover of this magazine. So it's like this mm-hmm. traumatic past. That's what I didn't catch at first because they don't really mention it later. They yeah. don't really say anything about it later when all of a sudden his parents, his real parents, mm-hmm. um, Jor-El. yeah, Jor Jorel, um, <laughs> when they all of a sudden don't look like aliens, you yeah. know. Jorel uh, and Martha L. I don't remember what his mom is. Martha L. <laughs> Martha L. Uh, Martha L. Get in here. I did it. So I'm looking, sorry, just as I'm looking at this panel, there's also a book underneath that says like Oriental Menace or something like Oriental, mm-hmm. you know? It's just. A, a key moment in that scene that Simon's talking about is Superman. I love how out of touch he is, even though he, you know, he likes to think of himself as human because he's mm-hmm. still dealing with his own stuff. But it finds a relatable moment with the the younger, the daughter, Roberta. Uh, she's talking about like how she feels different, how she like like feels it. And uh, she doesn't feel like she belongs there. And then he has this memory. But he saves his friend from these bullies flying up. And then he goes to check on his friend. And his friend is like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. No, get the fuck away from me. Which, yes is relatable in a sense, but it's like not as relatable because like they don't, she feels out of place because of like her ethnicity and you know who she is. He was flying and shooting lasers. at Yeah. Like anybody would, if you did that, if we were hanging out and then all of a sudden you did that, I'd be like, what? (laughs) I don't know. I'd be like, that's badass. I'm kind of, it would be cool, but I would, at first I'd be like, Simon's obviously, this is a, you know, exorcist that- situation yeah, I, need to, yeah. I need to back away and, and i need to process this yeah no, like maybe but- he should have talked to his friend in a few days and then he would be cool about it mm-hmm. instead he's just like i'm gonna stay away um that's issue number one pretty much we're not going to talk about all of it um yeah the only other key moments are like the for me are the indoctrination uh you know of this kid who gets kicked off? He has a reason to dislike the the Asian family because it gets kicked off this baseball team because. But he's more of like an angry kid than well, a racist. Well, and that's the thing. It's like this indoctrination. He gets shoved in that direction by this shitty uncle. Um. Yeah, and you and you get a little bit of it. Like he's like, yeah, go on, Ching Chong, like throw the baseball, like just yeah. things like you said that he's been taught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he doesn't they're not exposed to it. And that's part of a lot of problems is people not being exposed to other cultures and ethnicities. And so he just automatically thinks, of course, you're going to think what your parents, like what your parents tell you, they're not going to tell you wrong. So of course you're going to believe that. And it's, it's a sad truth. 
yeah that's uh the <laughs> that's like that fight club quote i probably won't say it word for word it's always one of my favorites it's like if you're uh maybe this doesn't apply so <laughs> he says if your fathers were your blueprint for god and your father left what does that say about god but i, I don't know yeah. if that really applies but it I mean, is it does. like yeah. you you see your parents as infallible until yeah. you get in your 20s to 30s and you're like oh fuck they were just trying to figure it out too yeah like and being a parent now i'm telling you right now whoa <laughs> like no idea day to day what i'm doing and i can imagine my parents were the exact same way especially when you think back on it like they're like you said just trying to make it man yeah but but so you take their again this isn't so much about being a parent or whatever it's about yeah. you being a child and hanging on every word because yeah, well, you think it, they're it, the smartest I think person it relatively in the world. applies because I don't even think about the things that I say every day. Like yeah. in terms of like you look to your parents as them teaching you, but as a parent, I don't look at it as I'm teaching you. I'm like, man, I am doing what I can. Like, <laughs> I guess trying to show you, but you know, yeah. it's just like not actively being like these, this is right or wrong. It, it automatically is just like, this is what I believe. So this is what you should believe. Yeah, I'm just talking, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not like I'm trying to like map out this thing on like what's right and wrong for kids. And I think most parents are just like, well, this is what I already believe, so it's going to imprint on my child. Yeah, yep. And and again, just one other thing that I notice is you start to see there's an infiltration of this this like shitty thought, this racist thought, because they have a cop in front of their house now. The Lees do. Yeah after the burning cross and he's a dickhead he's like oh this city's very very safe especially for people like you metropolis goes out of its way for you giving you houses and jobs and promotions you don't even have to earn yeah, yeah. um so yeah i and mean that's underlying grossness man yeah in the face that he makes that's the thing with this style it's almost uh disney mm -hmm. but yeah very face, disney the face that he's making is just like, he doesn't know that he's being awful, yeah. you know? Yeah. Which, which I think is sort of the case back then. I, mm -hmm. Like a lot of those people don't see anything wrong with what they, with how they were. And you know what the sad thing is? Some of those people are still alive <laughs> or like their kids are alive. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and that's kind of where, why we are in the situation that we are in right now. Yeah. Sad. Uh, one last thing I'm going to talk about in issue number one. We're doing better. We didn't break down page by page because there's like, yeah, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. We're not doing yeah. it. Even though I do. I, I've grown very fond of Jimmy Olsen. Ugh. <laughs> I, I like him now, man. In, in this, it's it's a, I like him because he's an innocent. Yeah. Kind of whatever. I, I do like Jimmy Olsen, man. Yeah. I think I'm going to start collecting some old Jimmy Olsen books. <laughs> he had like a book in, in back in the day called Superman's friend, Jimmy Olsen. I think I'm going to go back and collect that. <laughs> Cause it's just like, he's just a dude that knows Superman. <laughs> like yeah. that's just a weird story. And I, I like weird stories. Okay. So issue number two, teenager Tommy Lee is missing and Superman is on the case. It can't be a coincidence that just last night, Tommy bravely confronted the clan of the fiery cross when they surrounded the Lee's family's metropolis house and told them to go back to Chinatown. As we learned before, the year is 1946 and Clark Kent is still new to being Superman, which I love that. Mm -hmm. He is, he doesn't even know how to fly yet. 
His search for Tommy is conducted in a huge gravity-defying leap. Wait, what? What? He hasn't learned to fly yet. His search for Tommy is conducted in a huge gravity-defying leaps that make Tommy's that makes Tommy's sister Roberta <laughs> suspect that the man of tomorrow may not be an Earthling after all. Sorry, I fudged that up. There was a very reporter-esque <laughs> style right there. <laughs> But if this strange young hero can adjust to his adopted home, perhaps she can too. First, he must stop the clan from blowing up the Unity House. And yeah, as that has welcomed the Chinese-American family to their community. But could the real target be across town, where Superman's friends, Jimmy, Lois, and Perry, work at the Daily Planet? Sorry mm-hmm. I botched that, guys. That was really wordy. That's, uh, yeah, that's a lot. And there was so, and again, there's so much going on in these issues Yikes. Because uh, mm-hmm. I forgot about the blowing up thing. This is issue two. Yeah. So this Go. is this issue. You, we start to see more development of Superman powers. His parents are his projections of his parents, which are like his subconscious. So they're like they look like aliens that he saw in the magazine, but they're also wearing like mon pa overalls and, and aprons and shit. But they He's, start to change. Yeah, yeah, they're slowly changing. And, yeah. Um, they tell him as he's looking for Tommy Lee Jones, or Tommy <laughs> Lee, the rock artist, because he's out on the boat That's what getting I thought. blown by Pam Anderson. Ooh. <laughs> I take. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so he, they say, like, look through, you know, find him. And uh, so he learns x-ray vision. That's one of the first things. Um, but are they really, are they hallucinations or are they actual projections from that machine? I think, no, I don't think that they're hallucinations. I, I just mean that they're like his mental projection. He might be, because I don't know if they really ever explain how they're doing that. Yeah. I think they, they say in the third issue that, that they recorded that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they they didn't explain it well enough. They record the message, but they don't explain how, like on this radio thing, but they don't explain how they're doing these projections. But anyway, they tell him to look through with x-ray vision. So that's how he has that. He finds Tommy Lee. Um, At this point, also, Chuck, the little racist kid, has kind of figured out the right thing to do. Um, He's still dicey because his elder is this clan leader, but he's helping Superman find Tommy Lee. Mm-hmm. So that was because yeah, nice... his hero is Superman, which yeah. we see earlier in the first issue that he has a Superman shirt on. His uncle makes a comment about like your hero, because these people think Superman's a human. That's like super strong. Mm-hmm. And so they, so these KKK members are looking at Superman like that's why we're yeah. better than everybody. He's the pinnacle of white people, right? which I love that they talk about that. Because Superman is a white guy. Like, even though he's an alien and, you know, all this stuff, he's like a white guy. So these guys are like, man, this guy is a strong man, which we'll reference in issue three. But in this, I, I appreciate him, Chuck, the kid, sort of, like, questioning, is my family bad? But he says something in issue three that I loved. But he talks, even his mom, who ends up, they the Daily Bugle is it's not the daily beagle daily planet that's spider-man the daily planet <laughs> is like we want to help out too 
a thousand dollar reward if you can give us any information on the KKK. Mm-hmm. Chuck's mom's like, tell me what you know about the KKK. And he's like, oh, what? What the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know shit about the KKK, even though he does. And she's like, no, I'm just kidding. I think those guys should all go to jail. Mm-hmm. And, but then she says, "What? well, what's so bad about, like, just wanting to be around your own people? Which is, is something like you talked about, like, that just sort of blanketed, not racism, but racism. Like, yeah. They don't understand that they're being racist. Yeah, it's not it's not coming from pure malice, but yeah. it's also not inclusive. So yeah, not inclusive and just sort of ignorant mm-hmm. and of the times. Like that's just how people thought back then, which a lot of people still think that, which is fucking weird in <laughs> yeah. 2021. Passing that shit on. And I think some of that stuff now, not to get political, I think some of it now is just the way journalism works you know like they're gonna make the loudest stupidest people front and center because it's good ratings it's not necessarily the majority as it is portrayed in the in the uh media yeah which i think you and i both know just in general like our friends are pretty mixed bag i'm extremely mixed person like my grandpa (laughs) is fucking white as hell like straight up Oklahoma white kid. My grandmother is Japanese. When they met, they didn't speak the other person's language. Like beautiful story. Romantic, but to me, my initial thought is like, oh, they just had sex with each other. (laughs) Oh, you're attractive. I'm attractive. Let's do it. That's not there's no, you know, love at first sight. They just were attracted to each other and had sex. And then like, oh yeah, let's do this. Yeah, my grandparents were like that too. My grandmother was German. I mean they're white. Both of them are white, but The same language barrier thing. Yeah, and I just... It's weird. It's weird. I'm glad to see a lot of these conversations in this, though. Mm-hmm. I'm also glad to see that they... I was glad to see that the Atomic Man, which is the Nazi from the beginning, is still here. Yeah, he uh, wasn't a one note. But he's getting payback. Fuck him. But Which is like weird payback, because he's getting like the Nazis... Or not the Nazis, but the KKK are like experimenting on him. Yeah, which is weird. Um, I like the look into Superman's past and this like radio object, which pays off different uh, a little bit in issue three mm-hmm. um, when he tosses it in the lake because he's just he wants to be he wants to be normal. He doesn't want to be an alien. Yeah, I love his pair. I love I will always love Mon Pa Kent. Mm-hmm. They people talk about how Superman is this like infallible character and how he's like a boy scout, but I don't think so. I think Ma and Paul Kent are that they're those infallible characters that like sort of are the cornerstone of who Superman is. And I'll yeah. always love that about them. And it just to see their Ma, Ma Kent has a little bit of that. Why can't we just be with our own people type of thing, but not so much. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, we don't want it to be weird. We don't want, you know, Let's not tell him he's innate. Let's not do that. Let's just, what's wrong with our life, how it is. Right. And Paul's like, we should tell him. But then he flips it like, no, that shit is, they switch. She wants to tell him everything and Paul doesn't want any more trouble. She want, he wants to be perfectly normal. I, right. I, I loved that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see what else happened. They go to the movies. Yeah. I like this. See like a Flash Gordon fucking movie with 
Emperor Ping or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> yeah. I like the um I like that Superman runs around on the electric wires because he's trying to be Mm-hmm. Con- uh, conscious of like traffic you know, that is wanna... good but it, it was extreme i did not like it in the first issue because he just jumps up on the on the wire and he's just standing there uh-huh and it's like superman has to weigh 240 if not more well, and, it's and, like, I... and it doesn't change at all but they and this is before we learned that about you know his gravity defying things yeah. but it doesn't move at all, and he's just like standing there. And we know that he doesn't fly, so I'm just like, I think it's subconscious. If I had an explanation, like oh, you I, said, we, I mean, we learned that later on. But at uh, first, when I read the first issue, I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. I I had the same problem. I'm like, how does he balance? Anyway, well, how does he yeah. run on him? Yeah, <laughs> but then we learn as Roberta explains because in the, first issue, in the first issue he carries them, but she makes a reference that like when he lands it doesn't feel like an impact at mm-hmm. all. She just, he just lands. And, um, and so I guess that makes sense, but it is cool that he runs along the, the, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Electric line. Sorry. I drew, I drew blank. <laughs> I, I also love to have the, um, continued connection between, um, Roberta and Superman. He gives a, he gives her his cape, um, mm-hmm. because she, he says like, Ma gave me so many, you know, I can mm-hmm. spare one. He used it as a sling for Tommy gives him his, gives her his cape. She uses it as a blanket. And then her mother, you know, there's some other things that happen, but her mother makes it into a jacket, which I thought was really sweet. Um, yeah. because she had thrown up on her jacket and their dad, because they're in a new situation, threw it away. Like, Oh, we'll buy you another one. Yeah. And that was like her security blanket. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that her new security blanket is fucking Superman's cape. Uh, one other thing I'll tell you that I love about issue number two and just the story in general is the KKK members aren't very bright. And I will always love that depiction of them uh, in general. Like in Django, I absolutely, I will never love the KKK more. Than this man stupid than yeah. in that scene where it's like, don't you ask me, Moss, for anything? <laughs> I mean, tears. I was laughing so hard, <laughs> and like just to think about in terms of history and like how hate mongering they were in that time. Fast forward to you know 2018 when whenever that movie came out to black people sitting in the theaters and laughing at them, mm-hmm. you know, just like. It's just weird to think about, but I think about weird things like that, I guess, uh, because I love, I I genuinely love that scene. I never, you know, I guess black people back then would never think like, I will love a scene with the KKK in it. Yeah. So weird, but that scene's great. (laughs) Yeah. And this is, uh, so this gets really nefarious. Like, like you said, these are bumbling idiots in their ghost costumes, Um, (laughs) but they, they, try to bomb the unity center. This is where all this mixed blood is. That's ruining their community. So kids. Yeah. They've decided they're going to blow it up. And uh, what's his name? Chuck. Chuck's the, the kid that. Yeah. Chuck, it convinces them. They go watch this movie because he knows about this plan. Um, I love that he's still up. conflicted though. I like that. He doesn't initially tell him like they're going to bomb this place. Instead. Yeah. He just says, 
Let's go to the movies. Hey, let's just get out of here real quick. He's conflicted, and he's a such a great character. And you don't think that he's going to be in the first issue, but he ends up being such a great character in this book, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, definitely a good change uh, of personality. He, so Superman saves the rabbi, the priest, and the uh, I don't know, reverend or whatever in the I Unity like the, Center. I like it the first issue where she's like, "This is going to sound like a bad joke," but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he fails to save the building itself. And yeah. at this point, um, they all realize that this is a ruse uh, and that the real attack or another attack was happening at the Daily Planet um, downtown. There's like this huge cross burning on the Daily Planet. The planet. stakes are the stakes are so much higher for a Superman that can't fly. Mm-hmm. Like he's super, he has super speed. He's fast. But it just—he's it, not as fast as being able to fly. You know what I mean? So like him being at the Unity Center and then having to race across town. Like I just feel like the stakes are way more, way higher. And then him having to run up the building like he has to. Well, that's in the third issue, but still, I don't know. I just like—I I think that I need more 1940s Superman stories. Yeah, I would love that. They updated I, it's it. weird. Like I'm okay with him not getting in an arm wrestling match with Batman. <laughs> like I'm okay with him not being on the justice league. I, I like this more. I think I, that's, that's, that's I weird. feel like that's probably what we need. We've had, I mean, in comics in general, Spider-Man yeah. was good when he went uh, back in the day. He really was yeah. because of course he has his own problems, but there's not this greediness and everybody wants to kill you. And then now Spider-Man's dead and now Superman's dead and he's back yeah. alive. And you know, Yeah. I agree. Anything else that stood out in issue number two for you? Um, I think, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, as far as issue two. Yeah. I think that's, I think we got a good idea. We talked about, we talked about, um, racism, not only between white people and ethnicities, different ethnicities. We talked about different cultures being racist towards each other, Mm -hmm. but in issue number two, we see sort of an intercultural, not necessarily racism, but maybe a little bit of classism and just overall judgment. Roberta runs into mm-hmm. uh, her old friends and she's so excited to see people that look like her and just in general, it's comfort. Um, but they're kind of cold to her and she yeah. doesn't understand why. And then she re- they, they have a conversation. She's like, well, you are always kind of stuck up, even though people misunderstand sort of social anxiety for being stuck up. I'm sure you've dealt with it. I've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of the girls just completely is like, eh, whatever, bitch. I didn't like you before. And the other one was like, well, you know, we always thought you thought that you were kind of better than us. You know, you had the big, your doctor, your dad was a doctor. You moved to the big city. You kind of left us all behind. So it's like, it's good seeing you, but bye, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they really, yeah, they're, very rude to her i was so that was cool to see just like it's not just like being uncomfortable and and this whole era it's multi-layered like yes the kkk was this hate mongering group but there was there was more going on than just that Uh, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast when i was trying to get this podcast off the ground i had a ton of questions how do i record an episode how do i edit How do I get my show on all the podcasting apps? Well, the answer to all of these questions is pretty simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. 
And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Simon and I love Anchor. Honestly, we record, we drop it in Anchor, and it's automatically distributed out to our community. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start, and I can't wait to hear your podcast. Listen, if you're like me, you're tired of going out on the hunt for great pops or NECA figures and finding empty or destroyed displays. That's where Galactic Toys and Collectibles comes in. They have a great selection of Funko, NECA, Gunpla, and trading cards. All your nerd essentials. Their stock is always rotating, so you never know when they'll have that thing that's sold out everywhere else. Use our affiliate link through my Instagram, Simon Toast, in the description or on our website, and surf their stock. You never know what you'll find, and it will really help out the show. And I, I appreciated that. So here we are, issue number three, the last big-ass issue. Yeah. All right, so Superman smashes the clan number three. The Daily Planet is under attack. When the clan invades the newspaper's office, they kidnap Lois Lane, Perry White, and Inspector Henderson. The clan's attacks have separated our heroes, forcing Roboida and Jimmy Olsen to step up and help save the Daily Planet staff. But the clan has one more surprise to reveal. In order to save his friends and stop the clan once and for all, Superman must face his own identity to unleash his full potential and ultimately accept who he is. I can't see the name Roboida without saying Roboida. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird name for her English name. Mm-hmm. So much happened in this issue. If we went panel by panel for this story, this whole story, it would be like a three hour episode. So let's just talk about your favorite things. From issue number three. I can go first if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead and go first. Yeah. I love the explanation sort of. So we talk we dive deep into further further conversations with Superman's birth parents and him. And how they keep talking to him over and over, like, hey, stop being half of who you are. Stop only stop limiting yourself pretty much. And then we learn like he was at a circus one time and he saw this strong man and he ended up saving the strong man, having a very good conversation with him. And then the strong man was like, I wear a costume. That's how I, I, you know, I hide myself. And he was very kind of Superman esque where he has like a cape and everything. Yeah. And then well, so and he, he was the ticket taker. They yeah. recognize him as the ticket taker at the circus. Yeah. And the conversation between him and Lana Lang is like, is that the ticket taker or Superman is, is notices it, but she's like, no, there's no way. And mm-hmm. it kind of plays to that whole, like how, how come people don't realize that Clark Kent is <laughs> Superman? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And she's like, there's no way he's, you know, there's no way he's bald and yeah. he didn't smile. It's just like a weird, it, it's so weird that you don't notice it or whatever. And I thought that was great. And it just, it sort of made more sense on the Superman that doesn't fly. Like he's more of a strong man. He wants to appear as a strong human. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And God, so much happens. I'll, I'll, so one thing that I'd like is uh, just how, so Roberta brings this up to him later, but he could have saved the people. He could have gotten to the daily planet faster if he could fly, but he had to leap. So he's like climbing the building. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you know it's just like a <laughs> yeah she's like you're doing crazy. you're doing worse by not by limiting because she notices that that she he limits himself mm-hmm. one panel i'm gonna talk about a panel that i really love it goes back to the bumbling ku klux klan idiots is he had uh the grand scorpion or whatever has perry which i love perry in this book as well Perry always is an asshole and everything, but he he's still kind of a jerk in this, but he is like very progressive. Lois Lane, which Lois Lane is typical Lois Lane. They write her really well in this story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the Grand Scorpion Wizard, whatever his name is, he's like the loyal knight who gifted me this blade, told me all about its storied past. <laughs> and they're like, well, uh, you would think a, a blade with a, such a story pass would cost more than two seventy nine, and it has like the price tag still on it. I thought it yeah. was so great. That is I good. Also, I also thought like uh, you couldn't buy a blade for two dollars and seventy nine cents, and then I was like, oh yeah, it's nineteen forty. Not that's a lot of money. <laughs> well, and, uh, one thing I thought about is like he didn't notice that at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <it's> stupid <laughs> Scooby Doo um, moment, right? But. Just it being cheap and like reflecting off of his body was great. Mm-hmm. One thing in this issue, we start getting reveals of how of these other characters, um, like his the other guy that worked with the fat guy in the health department. Yeah, his, that got real deep real fast. Not like yeah. deep, like it was. It just like down the rabbit hole. Well, and I just mean like the the other blonde guy that said, you know, it's not dog, but it'll be okay. Um, oh yeah okay yeah 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 i'm talking about the fat guy yeah so the fat guy you know you find out it's like the grand grand wizard man um a little bit later in the issue but what i love about this is i feel it's so truthful especially like i said i feel like it's very 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 poignant and uh topical because it's like you actually believe this shit like yeah yeah. We're just in it for the money. Like you lost all our dues by attacking the Daily Planet. This guy's only, yeah, the the leader of this group, not necessarily the leader of the KKK as a whole nationwide, mm-hmm. but like as far as this region. Right. He's only 1940s racist, which I feel like is a sad thing to say, but he's like not KKK hardcore hate monger. He's just like 1940s racist. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, he's not trying to lynch anybody. Yeah, he's like, I don't give a shit if these foreign people come here. It makes my life easier. <laughs> it was like, I just need them to do what they're supposed to, what they come here to do. Mm-hmm. I'm about making money. He's like, you, you, like you said, you believe this shit? I don't care about that, man. And this guy is just like, his whole world shattered. The uncle. Yeah. Uh, I think it was great. Before that, though, we, um, I thought it was good that. It also talks about how, or it kind of like uh, gives an example of how these people see him as just a strong white man mm-hmm. because Superman busts in and they're like, oh, we can take him. There's four of us. But like we know Superman. If Superman really wanted to, he could just yeah, pop all their heads off like it was nothing. But they're like, oh, we can jump him. He's fine. He's just like a strong man, a circus strong man. Yeah. But they he, don't does know like that a, he's- he does like a tornado and knocks them all on their asses. Yeah, they don't know that he's bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so good. I, I like the appearance of the Fortress of Solitude, and I love that it's in Lake yeah. Solitude. And, yeah, you know, the radio good. thing busts open. Lake that Solitude. Really good. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for, like, the naming. Yeah, um, I think it's, it makes more sense than it being in the middle of, like, Antarctica. Mm-hmm. 
and his and his parents are finally revealed as these you know human humanoids, yeah, yeah, characters. Before like after Superman beats those guys up before right before this Fortress of Solitude panel, the uncle has a conversation with Superman. He's like, "You, why are you fighting us? Like you are." what we are fighting for. You are the white man. Like you are proof that our blood is the purest. And Superman's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> man? Like, <laughs> I feel like normal people that have conversations with people like this are just like beside themselves. Like what? Yeah. I feel like you would be like that. If someone came to you like <laughs> Simon, you are exactly what we love. You are pure blood. Like you should hate everybody. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, being around just like straight up crazy people. I have a yeah. cousin like that. He's not like racist, but he's a QAnon conspiracy guy. And he goes off on these tirades. And I'm like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? You learn that this guy may not, the leader, the fat leader of the region of the KKK, may not be hardcore hate monger against ethnicities, but he's like, this guy is an alien. <laughs> I don't give a shit about black people and Chinese people. We got a fucking alien here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he's creating very Lex Luthor. It seems like a misstep to not make that just Lex Luthor. Mm, yeah. But I guess DC was like, you're not going to make Lex Luthor the leader of the KKK. He's a bad guy, but he's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know he's, he's a bad guy, but he's not racist. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, we're not going to make Lex Luthor. Even, but Superman. He's a xenophobe. About- Superman brings up Lex Luthor, though, because mm. uh, he, he's yelling at the hallucinations. He's like, you're not real. Are you? Does Lex Luthor doing this? Mm-hmm. Which I thought it was like, just make this fat guy Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor wants to kill Superman. It makes sense. But I guess, like I said, DC's like, mm, Lex Luthor and the KKK. Come on, man. We still got to sell. We got to sell movies, man. Yeah, not in the KKK. But I mean, if you think about it, Lex Luthor is a xenophobe. Like, 100%. He doesn't like him because he's an alien. So. Yeah, 100%. We learned that the dad quits the job because, so I would, I have to ask you, did the dad take the job because he knew that they were trying to figure out a way to kill Superman? Because that's, to me, that's what it felt like. No, I think it was. Because originally he had hate for Superman or because well, he was like, Superman did this to you. And they were like, once he learned that Superman was a good guy, he left the, the he left his job because the mom was like, he doesn't believe in the mission anymore. Well, and I think the mission changed. You know, it wasn't about researching a weakness for Superman. Maybe not necessarily killing him, but a weakness. Yeah. But he doesn't hate... I don't think he hates Superman. I think that he is wary because there's this super strong dude that's just running around beating people up. I'd be yeah. kind of freaked out. Anybody uh, would. He, this guy... Superman could kill anybody on the entire planet if he wanted to. Like, yeah, pretty quickly. But once they figures out that it's about killing him, I think that's why he left. And and probably meeting him and him saving his son plays a lot into that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the uncle is just so distraught, his world shattered, that he kills the fat, money hungry guy. Yeah, with his little laser gun. <laughs> well, and it's so that's one of those things. Like, it's like a it's like Loki right now. Like Ravana knows that the timekeepers aren't real, but she's like, no, we need order. This is still, I'm going to continue this. Yeah. Keep the status quo. And that's what the uncle's doing. Yeah. Uh. And he, 
he's you know, they drew him very well. He's red in the face. He's extremely frustrated. He's like, I this what? <laughs> like you don't hate people? He's like, I don't, I don't like people. I mean, I don't really yeah. give a shit though. <laughs> Some people I do not like. What I didn't like about this character, I think he's the one that really gave me the Pokemon vibes. Is, are those like three? His hair, yeah, yeah, the three hairs, um, yeah. three clumps of hair. Yeah, uh, I like that. Uh, Roberta is like, listen, I don't have to be best friends with these girls, but I could because she she realizes that she also has been apprehensive. She's like, I don't have to be best friends with them, but I can at least try to be friends with them. And then she realizes, like, those girls aren't that bad. It it deals a lot with, like, they have not been exposed to any sort of culture outside of being white. <laughs> like, their whole life is the Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Even though there was that one black kid in Sandlot. There's, <laughs> their whole life is the Sandlot. And so she's, they're, and they're not even that bad. They're like, yeah, we'll save your seat. You can hang out with us. So it's good to see moments like that. This book is very good with, like, the moments. Like had a lot of the the racist moments are good and the like wholesome moment the 1940s wholesome moments are good yeah uh like I think the dad apologizes to those three black guys that saved their life at the baseball game yeah yeah yep and they're like hey man it's okay your house was about to be on fire it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like a normal thing to like try to help people and I feel like a lot of people don't realize that it's like it's normal to like want to help people. It just is. Like, if you were on fire, I wouldn't be like, fuck, man, that sucks. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> I guess, guess you're dead, then. Yeah, sorry, Simon. If you were black, I would save your life. But you're white, and uh, that's kind of gross. So I'm going to let you die. That's just weird. It's weird anybody that thinks like that. If you're listening to this podcast and you are uh, like a racist or a xenophobe, you're in the wrong place, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're like, what? You guys read this book entirely different than me. <laughs> this was a white man's horror story. <laughs> <laughs> Superman would never. And uh, yeah, and so this guy, the uncle, assumes the role as leader. Key moment, though, the daughter finds crypt- the kryptonite shard. Uh, I guess the dad took it, realizing that they were using it to create weapons. And mm-hmm. um, and he has all the weapons. Super, but Superman has also talked to his parents and realized that he needs to just be Superman. Right. Fuck, fuck what everybody thinks. But his worst fear comes true. Like he comes oh, in yeah. flying and the people are like, kill him, he's a demon. <laughs> but, it, it, but to me, that was great. Yeah. I don't know. But, but to me, it was great because like it shows because the kids reacted correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like whether we'd like to admit it or not generationally things like this generation that are younger than us are more accepted to like everybody. And we just sort of water down that old school hate a little. It sucks that we're not there right now. It doesn't make sense that we're not there right now, but I feel like every generation waters it down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it, it proves that because the uncle's like, look at him. He's a real alien. <laughs> We hate him. And like you mentioned before, it's kind of jarring. You see this guy that's been protecting us realize that he can fly now. And it's just like, uh, he's even scarier. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Kill him. (laughs) But the kids are like, what? 
Yeah. He saved your cat out of the tree last week. Like, he stopped Atomic Nazi Man from destroying the dam three weeks ago. <laughs> now you want to kill him? But you would be dead if he wasn't here. And uh, and he's getting all this hate, and he's still like, you know what? I got to save these people. And, and that's what I love about Superman. Is Superman does not give a shit. Even though in this we've seen him like second guess himself, now he's like, "Yeah, I gotta save, I gotta save these people." Mm-hmm. Because it, with Kryptonite sucks. Kryptonite, Kryptonite <laughs> blaster to the to the head. But it's interesting because he, he, I don't feel like he gets as hurt because it's like watered down. So they say that they parse this Kryptonite from that Nazi's blood. Yeah. So that that was kind of interesting, but. This is a great moment. Finally, a connection. Like Superman's getting kind of messed up, but the uh, the little girl figures out that lead stops this radiation from mm-hmm. the kryptonite, from the green gem or whatever. So she throws it to Superman to plug up this like super cartoony, like fifties cartoon, plug up this cannon, and it mm-hmm. blows up. Yeah. And that. Messes. Oh, and we missed the, where that racist ass cop pulls a gun on that detective. <laughs> like, yeah, the detective's like, "I'll stop this," and he's like, "No, you won't, boss." <laughs> and he says, "This this guy has the the most diabolical lines in the book." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Are you you're not wearing your badge? Without your badge, I can't tell you guys apart from each other." And he looks like fucking Yosemite Sam. He has his big stupid mustache. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, what? you recognize he's your boss superman's down there you really think this is gonna end up in your favor Mm -hmm. well and i think what are you doing buddy it's one of those like plants you know that like they plant a gun so they had an excuse to shoot somebody he's like oh i couldn't tell it was him i shot him because he you know yeah but yeah and you think it's over. You think that the uncle's going to be stopped. But then he he's like strapped with bombs, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's going. He's like, you know, just in case. Which is smart. Smart on his behalf. He's going to blow the, all that shit up. Yeah. Kill everybody. Everybody in Metropolis is at this baseball game. Even though Metropolis is big enough to have Chinatown and like a suburbs at a big metropolitan city. But everybody's at this baseball game. I have a, I do have a little problem with this, the, the way the ending was written, uh, or this particular area, is that it won't end. Like, so Superman flies him away from the crowd, blows it with cold uh-huh. air. He explains he doesn't know how the hell he's doing it when the uncle asked him. I don't know. Um, okay, so he stops that. Then the uncle pulls out a kryptonite blade, right? So it won't stop. And this is where I think that the uncle's going to die because you see that so often of, you know, mm-hmm. a, a flying character taking the, the uh, antagonist up in the air and they, and they stab the flying character for some reason and then fall to their death. Um, yeah. But Superman saves him in the last second. And, uh, yeah. Why didn't he cut his throat? <laughs> yeah. Why like, well, just... Uh, he just cut that hope. What well, he slashed him across his big, broad ass chest. <laughs> hope, man. He had to. Was it supposed to be metaphorical for like cutting hope? I don't know. It doesn't make sense now. So Stab him in the thing. eye. Stab <laughs> yeah. him in the top of the head. There are more vulnerable places. Yes. Across the chest. 
Like, not even in the chest, across the chest. Yeah, like, the blade itself can't puncture its wounds, but it kind of weakens him for a second. He's got a... Superman has a 99% chance of surviving a slash across the chest. (laughs) Oh, man. But if you stab him in the eye, he's at least going down for the count for a while. (laughs) He ain't gonna get it back. Golly, that was... What an idiot. Uh, Yeah, I agree. My... Like the freeze breath thing, I was like, oh, okay, that's, I guess that's cool. More Superman's powers that he's supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, realizing. Um, I thought that guy was just going to explode himself on Superman. That's how I wanted that guy to go out. Because okay. they don't understand Superman. I thought he was going to be like, you know what, beep, boom. And Superman's like holding just the, the comes back down and he's just holding the green. <laughs> like, I don't know, that guy's dead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Exploded. But then, like, sort of leading into, like, uh, this is exactly how I imagined it. And this is a YA book, so, of course, I'm not going to do that. He shoots him up in the Superman flies him up in the air. The bombs go off. He dies. Superman comes back down with, like, shreds of the green cloth left. And then all the people blame him. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe Superman just killed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Superman has Superman. to deal with, like, I'm still going to save these people, even though they hate me. But, no, they're like... Yeah, Superman's pretty cool. We love him. We love him. And then, just like, but it's forties, and I love, I do appreciate the for, sort of forties corny ending. The newspaper, Superman saves the day. He's an alien. I love. I always love. You know, people talk about Superman's relationship with Lois and how they should be married. I love this relationship with Superman and Lois. Uh, yeah. I like it when she doesn't know he's he's Superman. Even though I get it, like she's really really smart and she's around them both a lot, she would figure. It out. I get it. I do like that, but I I like the tease of like, yes, Lois knows, but she doesn't say anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know you're Superman, but we're gonna just play kind of coy with each other. Yeah. yeah. Um. And Superman being completely in love with her, he yeah. even mentions it. Like when all these people are spouting that hate, and they're just like being angry she looks at him and she's smiling and she's excited he's like i i love I mean, i'm in love with her i love that dynamic between them um, yeah me too i just love that i love the superman alien ultra powerful guy being in love with this woman that could give sh- a shit less about clark kent <laughs> yeah. Sad. and then like clark it's, it's kind of clark's fault because like even when they're at the diner and she's like trying to talk to him and he sees his parents she's like i'm trying to talk to you and you're looking at her and he's just like this kind of idiot. <laughs> he's like, no, wait, what? And she leaves. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets a chance to like bring it up, he's like, I'm sorry at the diner. Tell me what you were saying. And then Superman moment, he's listening to a phone call. He's like, I got to get out of here. And she's like, you, you're the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think it's funny, like how he tries to explain away how he wasn't stared at that woman. Yeah. I just, I love that. I, I think I'm calling it right now. I, I don't like. Not that I don't like modern Superman, but I like this Superman significantly more. Yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely better. It makes more sense to me. Yeah. Because why wouldn't he just beat the shit out of everybody now? (laughs) Yeah. What's holding him back, really? He should just beat the shit out of everybody, send him to the Phantom Zone, and then, like, peace on Earth. (laughs) You don't need Batman. If Gotham is across the pond, Superman, go over there. Turn the lights on because it's like fucking really dark over there all the way. <laughs> like, <go over> there, <laughs> zip everybody up, 
what are you doing? Mm-hmm. He's the Superman might be the worst modern day superhero. Yeah, he was definitely in an age where they, I don't know. It, even if you, you know, I read that action or whatever uh, action comics number action one comics number one. Yeah, you did. Yeah, reading that, I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, it makes more sense though, and that because it is because he is such a ridiculous character. Yeah. So in the end, um, you know, so there's this budding relationship between um, uh, Lois, Roberta, no, Roberta and what's the uh, Jimmy throughout the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Um, And now she's also a, what is it? Cub Cub, reporter. Cub reporter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Child labor laws. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) not yet. So yeah. Yeah, she Lois Lane tells her that she's a great reporter throughout this whole thing. She even researched her name, and that's the LL is like her actual Chinese name, which was that cool. That was cool. That was really cool. She was like, "I got to. I'm giving this back to you. It's an expensive pin. I don't. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? People buy yeah, expensive man. pins. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, she was like, it even has your initials on it. I don't want it. And she was like, No, I'm Lois Lane. I am extremely, I'm smarter than everybody. Lois Lane is the Batman of Metropolis. She's like, no, I researched your name. This is actually your initials. And just like, whew, mind fuck. Chris Angel yeah. style. God. <laughs> Chris Angel style. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, so, and that's pretty much it. That's how it ends. Like, they're together. All of them. Everything's Fighting good. against crime, yeah. Yeah, racism has ended. Superman has ended racism across <laughs> America for centuries. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Utopian 2020. Like, what's stopping you, man? You have a firsthand experience of how the KKK and racism is like such a big deal. What's stopping you in 2020 from just beating all those guys up? I don't know, man. Superman's the worst modern day superhero. He worked better in the 40s. I didn't. I didn't think that before this, but I do now. Yeah. Let's talk about your overall opinion of the book because we we've gone over our thoughts and you know things that we like. But what did you think? Did you enjoy this read? It was long, but I it did was enjoy very it. Very long. Uh, and the only real complaint I think that I have because I I liked it a lot and I liked the the humor mm-hmm. in it, it was the Disney esque art. It was. Yeah. It it didn't fit the tone. It didn't I know fit the that, tone because yeah. it was even though it was, it felt it was a light book. It felt light. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't shy away from the tones. It it called the you know the the Asian people they were like Ching Chongs and Ching Chong, yeah. they called the police officers boy a lot. Like it was very. They didn't shy away from it at all, um, but. The art style was was more YA than the material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll talk about art in a second. Um, uh, what did you like going into it? Superman smashes the clan. Was it what you expected? Was it lighter, heavier than you expected? It was lighter, I guess, than I expected. Because I really, honestly, you had no context, right? Yeah, some of the sh- some of the shit that we've been reading gets real deep real fast, yeah. you know, and some of these books, these one-offs, they're heavier. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's what kind of what I expected, but it was a lot lighter in tone. This book had completely, 
I like this story. This book completely. Um, okay, so a lot of times when you have these like character focused stories, like Superman smashes the client, it's going to be very Superman heavy, and the side characters are extremely side characters. I feel like this book did a very good job at making it equally Superman equal side characters. Mm-hmm. Like yes. Superman wasn't exactly like all. It wasn't all Superman. Superman felt just as much as a side character as if not if Roberta felt more of a main character than Superman. Oh yeah, she's definitely the main character this yeah. book. And and she saves his life, you know. There yeah. um several times there there are interactions with these other characters that they kind of when the uncle is in the baseball field, like he gets attacked by Jimmy, Chuck, uh, Chuck and and uh Tommy. Uh-huh before superman arrives yeah that's yeah the, that's when he pulls out his gun and that's when superman's there yeah and jimmy and and roberta save the people of the daily planet yeah before superman gets there so yeah i mean i appreciate that a lot the art style let's talk about the art for a second which i feel like we pretty much already did i uh the colors man Ooh, the colors were perfect in my opinion. Yeah, they yeah, I would say that the colors are really nice and there's really good it's not flat. They yeah. did a good job. It wasn't flat, but it wasn't like there wasn't a lot to it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, the arts the actual art style as far as like the designs of like anime Superman or like not even not necessarily anime, more Disney Pixar Superman. And yeah, like, all the characters sort of look the same. So I will say I've always wanted to read a book by Cheeks Galloway, and now I feel like I have, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right, because because uh, Cheeks has a great style. I love it. Uh, he pitched a Superman story a few years ago that didn't get picked up, and I, now I'm starting to see kind of why. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that I did like about that. You know, there's a scene where he goes up to the top of the daily planet and like runs around the globe to put out the fire. I love that. There's a lot that I love. Mm-hmm. And as far as like what happens, the action scene where he punt, where after he, uh, the splash page where after he closes the, you know, whatever the weapon with the lead and then punches him like a beautiful Superman panel. Yeah. Or the panel where he uh, where he lands into the stadium as Superman. It's like full Superman chest is caped. I'm just like, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are some great panels and some great moments. Um, and I love overall, the, I love the design of like you even mentioned before. I love the design of Superman. Bright blue, black behind the S with the gold outline. Just it was. It's a beautiful design. And I think, honestly, for me, the art style is fine until you get to their faces. Mm-hmm. I know that they were probably trying to go for more expressive, but the the faces really, the eyes, you know, being huge. and The eyes were all huge and huge. not very distinct from each other. Right. At all. Yeah, those are the real problems that I have. Otherwise, I think it's passable. It's fine. I just I cannot get over the black the the S on his chest is probably my favorite. Unlike Superman's in general, Superman's, <laughs> Superman, Superman's, the uh, the black with the 
Red S and the gold trim. It's perfect. It is a, my second favorite Superman S from, from now on. My first one will always be electric blue, baby. <laughs> always. Um, all right, let's grade this thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to cheat on this one. I'm going to give it two grades. Okay. They're just the book. We're going to grade the book and I'll go first. I think I let, uh, I made you go first last time. So for the book in general, I'm going to give it, uh, a D three. Yeah. It's not. It wasn't a bad piece of toast. It's a to- If I ate that, I'd be like, "Oh, that's good." Yeah, that's and a good piece of toast. It didn't really. I, you know, there wasn't much I would add to this book except when it comes to the the art style. I feel like it, it, inconsistent's not the word. Um, it just with a it, different art style, it would have been a, a ten out of ten home run book. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. Yeah, with like a. Oof, I don't even know. There's certain artists that would just not. This book would be a Eisner winning book with that. Mm-hmm. I, and I would even love like a reproduction yeah. of Action Comics number one, like that kind of style, oh, yeah. very old school style. Yeah. Um. So it, in the same vein, I would give it. You know the story. I'd give it an E four. To me, that's good. Uh, it was a really good story, nearly yeah. perfect in in the way it's executed, in the way that he sees these commonalities between him and and roberta like i really like that that was cool that he can relate Mm -hmm. to this little girl and she can relate to him um but again when it comes to art style maybe like a d2 i just i I don't know i don't i really i really didn't like (laughs) the art style yeah no i'm not i agree with that's why mine's a lower score because this is my second score which i've been talking about uh, to me, an E5 is like a perfect score. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give, as a Superman story, this is the perfect Superman story. Yeah. For me. I feel like the E5, I, it, let's say, you know, people, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second in our closing remarks. People have been talking about our grading skill. Um, E5, as a this is the perfect Superman story. I yeah. absolutely loved it as, a, and I'm not even like a huge Superman reader at all. Like I, I do appreciate the character, but this had, this story had made, makes me appreciate Superman in such a different light. And I love, you know, he wasn't Superman, Superman. He was still coming to terms with being Superman. And it was so many different stories. It was the story of the KKK coming to just like people coming to America and fitting in Superman coming to it. So many different storylines executed really well because it's really easy in my opinion to botch this. Yeah. And And I feel like it was executed in in such such a great way. And I think the important thing, honestly, I think the important thing there is that it, if, if, if it couldn't have been written by a white person, like this is written from someone's personal yeah. experience. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. it definitely couldn't have been written by like Bendis or anything. Could botch it. Yeah, but there it is, folks. So uh, I talked about the grading scale, and I started doing this thing on Twitter where I do 
weekly re- uh, the new comic book day weekly review so i do these little audiograms of and giving my opinion on the books that i've read throughout the week and i also like kind of reference like hey, i give a score according to our grading scale and people are like oh my god i'm so confused like, <laughs> y'all's grading scale like it's it's too much how do you understand it and and i've told everybody pretty much copy and paste like our grading scale is 100 nonsensical yeah <laughs> Like yeah. there's, there's no, there's no reason to it. There's no like way to interpret it other than like you yourself. Mm-hmm. Like the reason for it is so that like Simon can give his score and why. And like, I can give my score and why it's not like it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. See you guys next time. Pros and cons 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's like so. a, the, the reason is it's, it's interpretive. And my and that's why I like it because it is st- stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and we couldn't do an interpretive dance because this is an audio. Hey, Simon, what do you think about this? <laughs> you know, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, I'm not going to change. You know, and part of me I was at first, but I started releasing these uh, multiple reviews on like weekly issues. I was like, man, maybe our maybe our maybe our grading system is to uh too complicated but i was like it's not complicated at all it's Mm-mm. like the most uncomplicated it's like <laughs> hey what should i rate this how do i understand this i'm like what do you think yeah go <laughs> read it don't give a shit about what i think it's just my opinion what do you think yeah you go read it yeah that's the thing because someone was like okay so you rated this uh, D3, how does that compare to this book? And I said, hey, man, it doesn't. <laughs> They're two different books. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't at all. And it's just like, to me, not even being deep, I just appreciate that about it and it makes me love this even more. Mm-hmm. So there it is. If you guys want to support us in any way, uh, go to the Patreon, sign up. You get a ton of extra shows. We just dropped like five Loki episodes last week, mainly because I just hadn't put them out, but it was cool to drop them all in one day. <laughs> like, hey, if you're gonna watch Loki, here's a recap. Here's five episodes. Yeah, uh, tons uh, of stuff. I'm gonna do some more illustrations, which I want to incorporate that into um, into uh, into the Patreon. Like, that's my goal for being my redacted age. I'm gonna draw more, so I'm gonna incorporate that as much as I can into Patreon. Good. Um. Because honestly, the reason why we started this thing is to like put out our own comic books, to like build a buzz and have a cult following, so we could put out our ridiculous stories and people would buy them. So, yeah, uh, might as well start sort of hinting at some of that stuff. If you want to find us anywhere online, Patreon for sure to support, but we have a website, www.com. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. www.com.com go to that it's wednesdaypool.com you can find all of our stuff there we have blog posts the podcast is there Simon's Toy Photography it's all there anything you could dream of we have there (laughs) we also have uh, any books that we've ever reviewed are on there as well so yeah, we do. So that we are also an Amazon affiliate program. So if you hear about a book that you like, go to <laughs> www.com, go to the Amazon shop, <laughs> and 
Go to the Amazon shop tab. Like someone spit out his drink. <laughs> we're falling apart. Uh, we're circling the drain. But anyway, I try to update those with whatever we've reviewed for the week. So you can find them there and we might get a kickback. I don't know. We should eventually. Um, yeah. And we have a link tree in the about us section of our website, which has my TikTok, Simon's TikTok, our Instagrams, Twitter, our you know shirts. If you guys want to buy a shirt. I have some designs that I want to do for shirts, so we'll be updating that too. But people have been buying shirts, which I think is weird. <laughs> but I appreciate that. I'm, I'm so excited because it's just super basic. Um, so Good yeah, design, man. That's all we got. Yeah. See you guys next week. Love you.